We're up to Genesis chapter 50. This is the last chapter in the book of Genesis. And if you've been with me through the book of Genesis, that means we've been doing this for 50 days. So congratulations for persevering. Tomorrow we're going to begin the book of Exodus and we're going to continue through the whole Bible. One of my questions to you right at the start in my introductory video was, was what's your favorite book? And in particular, what is your favorite book in the Bible? And I hope that by the time we finish um, Genesis 50, you'll be able to decide, is Genesis now your favorite book of the Bible? It is one of my favorites, along with John's Gospel and the book of Revelation. There's quite a few books. I'll, in fact, it's hard not to like them all. But Genesis is one of my favorites, and I hope that you've enjoyed it too. So we're going to read chapter 50 together. Joseph fell on his father's face and wept on him and kissed him. Joseph commanded his servants, the physicians, to embalm his father, and the physicians embalmed Israel. For 40 days were fulfilled for him, for that is how many days it takes to embalm. The Egyptians wept for him 70 days. When the days of weeping for him were past, Joseph spoke to the house of Pharaoh, saying, If now I have found favour in your eyes, please speak in the ears of Pharaoh, saying, My father made me swear, saying, Behold, I am dying. Bury me in my grave, which I have dug for myself in the land of Canaan. Now therefore, please let me go up and bury my father, and I will come again. Pharaoh said, Go up and bury your father, just like he made you swear. Joseph went up to bury his father, and with him went all of the servants of Pharaoh, the elders of his house, all the elders of the land of Egypt, all the house of Joseph, his brothers and his father's house, only their little ones, their flocks and their herds, they left in the land of Goshen. There went up with them both chariots and horsemen. It was a great company. They came to the threshing floor of Atad, which is beyond the Jordan, and there they lamented with a very great and sore lamentation. He mourned for his father seven days. When the inhabitants in the land, the Canaanites, saw the mourning in the floor of Atad, they said, This is a grievous mourning by the Egyptians. Therefore they named, the name of it was called Abel Mizraim, which is beyond the Jordan. His sons did to him just as he commanded them. For his sons carried him into the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave of the field of Machpelah, which Abraham bought with the field for a possession of a burying place from Ephraim the Hittite before Mamre. Joseph returned into Egypt, he and his brothers and all that went up with him to bury his father after he had buried his father. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, It may be that Joseph will hate us and will fully pay us back for all of the evil which we did to him. They sent a message to Joseph, saying, Your father commanded before he died, saying, So will you tell Joseph, Now please forgive the disobedience of your brothers and their sin, because they did evil to you. Now please forgive the disobedience of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers also went down and fell before his face, and they said, Behold, we are your servants. Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid. For am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant it for evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring to pass as it is this day to save many people alive. Now therefore don't be afraid. I will nourish you and your little ones. 
He comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Joseph lived in Egypt, he and his father's house. Joseph lived 110 years. Joseph saw Ephraim's children to the third generation. The children also of Machir, the son of Manasseh, were born on Joseph's knees. Joseph said to his brothers, I am dying, but God will surely visit you and bring you up out of this land to the land which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob. Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel saying, God will surely visit you and you shall carry up my bones from here. So Joseph died being 110 years old and they embalmed him and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. The chapter starts with Jacob dying and they embalm him. It's a process that took 40 days, it says here. So this is an Egyptian embalming. You, you know, we see mummies. <laughs> if you've been to like, you know, the British Museum or different places, which I haven't been, but I've seen them on, you know, YouTube, you'll see these mummies. Well, you know, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about Jacob becoming a mummy and um, 40 day process. And then of course they took him to bury him in, in the same cave as, you know, Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Rebecca and Leah. And it says they mourned 70 days. One of the commentators I was reading, um, it said that a, a typical mourning period for Pharaoh was 72 days. So Jacob's been given quite an honor here. He's been given 70, almost the same amount as the Pharaoh. And of course, um, then Joseph dies at the end of this chapter and he dies at the age of 110. You can see how the ages are gradually, slowly coming down. And, um, and of course we, the average age for us now, you know, if a good healthy person is, you know, 85, 90, if you're doing well, and there's a lot more people reaching 100 now, certainly people do reach 110 in our age. My great grandmother, she, we call her Super Nana, she served the Lord her whole life. She lived to 105. And um, it's becoming more common to have people live into these types of ages now. Joseph's 110 is, is, is more a normal figure of what we would expect. And, um, but I do still believe the scriptures say that these older ages were true. And I think back then people were healthier and we have no reason to dispute the Bible. But having said that, Joseph's age of 110 is interesting because in Egyptian thinking, 110 was the perfect number. And you know, in Christian thinking, we think of seven as being the perfect number. God, um, God, that's God's number, seven, number of perfection. Well, in the Egyptian way of thinking, 110 was the perfect number. Joseph, living in Egypt, lived 110 years old. He lived the perfect life. Obviously, he had human um, faults and flaws, but when we say perfect, we don't mean never made a mistake. What we mean is he achieved completely everything he was supposed to achieve. His life was accomplished, the perfect life. And so it's a reminder to us of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ who came and achieved everything he was supposed to achieve, live the perfect life. And you know, Jesus died to save his people from their sins. And Joseph, his life did a very similar thing. His life was the, saved his family. If it wasn't for Joseph, his family would not have been saved. He saved his people. So Joseph's kind of like a type of Jesus, a type of Christ in the Old Testament. And Joseph gives these final instructions at the end. 
he's embalmed as well. So Joseph becomes a mummy too. <laughs> so it seems kind of funny to say Jacob was a mummy and Joseph was a mummy. But, you know, they were embalmed in the Egyptian style, preserved. And Joseph gives instructions to when you leave Egypt, you know, take me with you. Joseph knows they're not going to be in Egypt because of the promises that were given to Abraham, to Isaac and Jacob. He knows they've been, they're going to inherit the promised land at some point, and so he gives instructions. So what we've got here is um, a very, very interesting thing. We've got a person who knows the will of God, what's going to happen. They know God's made promises, but they know that these promises are far bigger than their own life. And they know what's going to happen in the future. And they know that they themselves have contributed a part in that, but they know that it's bigger than them. And a lot of us, we're so shallow-minded, we can only see God's promises for our life for here and now. But God actually has a plan for the earth and for humanity that is beyond our life. He's a multi-generational God and he thinks and he's doing things that, uh, that take hundreds of years to work out or thousands of years to work out. Some people think Jesus is going to return any minute. And that's a chapter for, that's a discussion for another video. But here at Peace, we don't think that. We don't think that Jesus is coming back any minute. We think that Jesus and God, the Lord, are working in history and there's a long plan in play and we're a part of it. You're a part of it and I'm a part of it. And each of us play a small part, but those who are to follow on after us will then play the next part. And so Joseph here, he, he looks forward. He knows God is doing something in the future, that God's at work now, that there's a process. And his eyes of faith are far beyond his life. And that's what we have to do. We have to lift our eyes and recognize God is at work in the world doing something far beyond us, but then to realize we have a part to play in it. Our part to play is to, going to contribute to this long process over much time. And we look at you know, the process in the world from the time that Jesus uh, you know, gave his uh, 12 disciples th this commission to go and how the world has changed from then to now. There's a process. Even the Roman Empire, you know, it was changed, but it took 400 years. But then after that, the, the Roman Empire was sacked and, and people, uh, you know, barbarians came. But when the barbarians came, they came and got the gospel and it went back to their lands. And there's been this process in the world where, you know, even 150 years ago, Africa didn't know the gospel, but now Africa is full of the gospel. Uh, David Livingston opened it up. That was only 150 years ago. We don't have time to talk about it, but there's a process. And if you, you can't look around at the world in, with despair, thinking the world is getting worse and worse. No, the, there's a process and we are a part of it. We have to have the eyes of Joseph to see, you know, the time is coming. God's at work. We're a part of it. And with eyes of faith to the future. And then what that does is it causes us to live and act now very differently. We speak to those around us with hope for the future, faith. When there are hiccups along the way, and there are always hiccups, we don't, um, we don't get shaken by them. You know, it's like the stock exchange. It has its daily ups and downs, but over the long run, it always goes up. And that's the, an example of the kingdom of God. It's going up, even though day to day there are dips and rises. 
So we're part of the expanding kingdom of God. And Jesus himself said that the, the kingdom of God was like a small seed planted in the garden, but grew to become the biggest of trees. That's what's going on. Isaiah the prophet said that, that his kingdom is an eternal kingdom. It says of the increase of his government, there'll be no end. That's what's going on, the increasing of his government. It increases in hearts, in my heart. It, the rule of Christ is growing in my heart all the time, but it jumps to someone else's heart. Now it's growing in two hearts, jumps to your heart. Now it's growing in three hearts. This is the ever-increasing kingdom of God. It's fabulous. Isn't it amazing how much of God's plan is right back in the book of Genesis? Who knew? Joseph knew. He looked forward and said, when you go out of Egypt, take my body with you. Take my bones with you. Fabulous. Fabulous stuff. I hope you've had enjoyed these 50 chapters of Genesis. Now we're about to start in Exodus. We're going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to sit in a different chair tomorrow. I'm going to change the scenery around. So you'll have to wait and see what that looks like. And um, But there's going to be a curly question we're going to have to address as we get to the book of Exodus. And it's the whole question of how long were they actually in Egypt? Was it 430 years, which it says in one place? Was it 400 years, which it says in another place? Or was it about 225 years or 215 years, depending on how you do the maths? Some people do the maths and it looks like only 200 and something. So the maths, which we get from other parts of scripture, or the 430 or the 400, which scriptures actually specifically say. There's a real conundrum there on exactly how long were they in Egypt. Well, we're going to mention it when we get into Exodus, but in, uh, in a few weeks, a few weeks, next week, we're going to do a Toby talk on how long were the children of Israel actually in Egypt. So make sure you keep your eyes peeled for that video because there is, like most things, a good and simple answer if you actually know what it is. So God bless you. Thanks for being with me through this Genesis. Lord, I pray right now you'd lift our vision to see the ever-increasing kingdom of God and give us this heart of Joseph to like realize that we're a part of something bigger and grander that's going on all the while and let our faith be in what you're doing so that we cooperate with it and we can pass on to our children a heart for what's going to happen in the future. So Lord, bless the people of God today. In Jesus' name, amen.